Come on, let's give God some praise in this place. Come on. If it's flowing from your heart, come on. Somebody say, thank you, Jesus. Somebody say, glory to God. You shouldn't say that because I told you. You should say it because it's in your heart. Come on, I'm going to give you 15 seconds. Come on, let it come from your heart. Let it come from your heart. He's blessed us. He's kept us. He's made ways for us. He's opened doors for us. Come on, you got a few more seconds. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the things that you have done. Thank you, Lord, for the things you blocked. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us in spite of ourselves. Thank you, Lord, that I'm still in my right mind and still able to have warm blood flowing through my veins. Come on, I need some grateful people in here. Who can testify? It's been tough, but I thank you, Lord, anyway. Because of your grace and mercy, it has kept me. It has sustained me. I'm just grateful to be alive. I'm just grateful to be in the house of the Lord. I'm just grateful to see another day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, Lord. Yeah. We thank God you may be seated in the presence of God. We can't have no ungrateful saints now. We can't have that. God's done too much for us not to at least say thank you for the great things he has done. We say good morning to everybody. We thank God that you are with us today, that you are fellowshipping with us either online or in person. We want to welcome all of our first-time visitors today that's hanging with us. If you're watching with us for the first time, you can text the at sign, uh, Ivy Guest, send it to 81010, or in the chat, just say, hey, I'm a first-timer. Let us know where you are located. And if you're in the building, if this is your first time today with us, would you please stand? First time, as any first time as we have in the building today with us. Come on, let's give God praise. We got some folk. There we go. We got some folk over here. Amen. We thank you. Please remain standing. Somebody's going to come and give you some information. Uh, we, we pride ourselves on three things here at the church. Love, grow, and serve. We hope that you have felt the love here at the church and something was said or done to make you want to come back again and again. Thank you. You may be seated at this time. We appreciate you. And for those who are watching us online, we appreciate you streaming with us as well. I want to take a moment also to thank everybody who is serving today from Minister Underwood, our worship leader, to our praise team, the band, to those working behind the scenes, Bill, his crew upstairs, Mark on sound, JP, and everybody else that's working on the count of three. Can we say thank you to them nice and loud and give them a big clap off and a praise? One, two, three. Yeah, they're doing a great job. They are doing a great, great job. Now, this is the first Sunday of the month, but that means we have some new family members that we want to recognize, those who have completed the right hand of fellowship. They've gone through our new disciples orientation process. If you are here in the building, we'd ask that you would stand and uh, you can be recognized. And if you're not in the building and if you're watching us, we want uh, to celebrate you as well. We have uh, Sister Lisa Jones uh, of Suffolk, uh, uh, Jackie Beal of Newport News, 
and Brother Dave Evans from Virginia Beach. Come on, let's give God a big clap off and a praise. Sister Beal is right there, y'all. She's right there. Amen. So guess what? We got some new cudden in thems. Hey, cuz. Sister Jackie right there. Y'all say, hey, cuz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got new family members. We don't take that for granted. We have some others that are still going through their process. So we certainly appreciate everybody that has decided to partner with us in ministry here at the church. Now, November is also time for anniversaries, and we want to recognize those celebrating a wedding anniversary. If that is you, would you please stand to your feet, please? Come on, let's celebrate those celebrating a wedding anniversary in November. Come on, let's give God a big clap off and a praise for those celebrating a wedding anniversary. Remain standing, please. We're going to pray for you. They made it another year. We thank God. God, thank you in Jesus' name for those that are standing. We pray your hand a blessing upon their union. Uh, we thank you that you've carried them this far. We pray continued favor amongst them. Uh, we pray, God, that no division, no schism, nothing would come between them, God, that you would just continue to bless them, their family, their finances, their friendship, most of all, their faith. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on. That's right. Let's give them another big clap often of praise so guess what y'all this afternoon y'all we got a big day today this afternoon we got two that's coming on to be yes sir brush on stand up brush on he's in the room come on this afternoon at three o'clock y'all him and brother meach will be doing their initial sermon this afternoon at three o'clock so please come on back let's show our support for them uh, this is a very historic moment in the life of our church. We're very proud of both of them, and so we, wanna, we want them to see a full house like we see right now. So please come on out this afternoon at 3 o'clock. We're going to start right on time to give them space to do what God has called them to do, and we are excited about that. We also want to recognize we have some folk with us, uh, well, an individual with us. Brother Cleon, can you stand, please? Brother Cleon Long is with us. He is running for Newport News City Council. And so we appreciate him being with us on today. Come on up, uh, Dr. Rick Mason and Brother Jason Samuels. Come on up here as well. Come on, we want to recognize y'all also. want to take a moment to thank all of you that went out on yesterday. We did our voting day of service on yesterday. And uh, we did Hampton and Newport News polling locations. Uh, that was the last day to do early voting. And we also know that Tuesday is the election day, so if you haven't voted yet, you still have time to do so. But our very own Dr. Rick Mason and Brother Jason Samuels uh, are running for Hampton School Board. So Dr. Mason is already the school superintendent, and Jason is also on the school board, so they're running for re-election. And so we are here to hear from them for a few moments. Go ahead and tell us what you got going on. Dr. Mason, this is up to you. It's up to you. Oh, okay, all yeah. right. Well, good morning, Ivy. First of all, I do want to say thank you because you all showed up and showed out on yesterday. Now, this is, a, this is a very important election, so I certainly want to admonish you all to get out and vote. Do not take that for granted, all right? As Pastor would say, if you don't, you're trifling, all right? But I also want you to pay attention to the down ballot. Sometimes we only pay attention to all of the top 
offices and we forget the down ballot such as your city council as well as your school board but it's those local elections that truly make a difference in your community who you select to be on your city council are making immediate decisions that affect you who you elect to serve on your school boards make immediate decisions for you and your children. That's very impactful, not just for today, but for the longevity of your community. Your education, your, your school division, really helps drive the economic engine of your community. When you make poor choices to elect members to your school board to make poor decisions and policy changes, and we just had a real serious situation by the way of COVID. And that pandemic has caused the school board to have to make some tough decisions. And we're continuing to deal with learning loss. In Hampton City Schools, we are doing great. My colleague and I, Mr. Samuels, we've had to make some tough decisions, but we've been able to do so in the best interest of children by looking at the data. We did not politicize education. We did not make decisions based on emotion. We had to look at the data. And you want to make sure that people are actually looking at that when you're making decisions for your community. That has helped us continue to push that needle in education for Hampton City Schools, where our schools continue to be 100% accredited. When we look at our graduation rate, we are outpacing the state. Our graduation rate is 97.64. I think that's it. 8-4, Our dropout rate, we have the lowest graduation rate in the state. A dropout rate, I'm sorry, we have the lowest dropout rate in the state. And that's huge, 0. 0.64%. No. 0. 0.064. Is it? 0. 0.46. 0. 0.46. Now, I don't know how to get 0.46 of a person, but we got 0. 0.46. All right, I got tons of numbers running around in my head. But basically, what I want you to know is that Hampton City Schools, we're doing the doggone thing. All of our teachers, our administrators, our bus drivers, from the time your child is picked up to the time that they're dropped off, people are showing up every day, every day. And as a board, we truly appreciate that. I don't know if you know it or not, but we just gave our, we just approved, should I say, for a December payout of $1,000 bonus for, our, for our, our staff in Hampton City Schools, our full-time staff, mm -hmm. and a $750 bonus for our part-time staff. And that's after taxes, so we're going to pay the taxes for you too, okay? Because we want you to have a full bonus, all right? So when we talk about doing things and doing the right thing, we can't necessarily tell you who to vote for, but vote for folks who have your best interest at heart when it comes to your local elections. And so I'm gonna give Jason a mic and let him say it. Thank you, Dr. Mason. I know Dr. Mason has captured all of our data and so forth, but I would like to say to you, vote with facts, not your emotion. Vote with your facts and not your emotion. Thank you so much. Doc Mason, you're going to have some other teachers like, how can we get in Hampton to get that $1,000 bonus? That's what it is. <laughs> you're going to have people asking you. Come on, let's give them a big clap off and a praise. Dr. Rick Mason and Jason Samuels.
And now, last but not least, you know, Ivy created a separate nonprofit organization called Ivy Community Outreach. And we're having an event the Saturday after Thanksgiving. That's the first time that we're going to do it. And we want all of you to support it. And so Yolanda Jefferson, who's the vice president of our uh, Ivy Community Outreach, is here to tell us about that small business Saturday event. See you all. Um, so as, as Pastor just mentioned, um, Ivy Community Business Outreach is going to be having their first small business Saturday. Currently, the registration is up on the website. If you have previously participated in community business collaboration events that we've held over the last year or so, you should have received an email from me with a link. At the current time, we have only opened it up to Ivy businesses to give you all exclusive access pre-access um, early registration before we open it up to the public. So it will be opened up to the public tomorrow. So if you have not registered and you're a small business and have a valid business license, um, right, can't, as much as we love your shirts, you can't just come up in here selling shirts on Small Business Saturday. We really want to support um, our businesses in the community. So if you have not already signed up, the link is available on the on the church website, also on the app. There is a cost. The cost is $55. However, if any of you know, you must invest something to get something back, right? If you try to set up a booth at the mall, I'm not sure what the cost is, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be more than $55. So it's a small price to pay. The second thing we need are our Ivy family to come out and support the small businesses. So come through, see what we have, see what the businesses have to offer, um, you know, purchase some Christmas gifts. And the last thing I want to say is that don't underestimate the value of what you offer. A lot of times we think as a small business, you have to be selling a product. But if you sell a service, for example, if you have a cleaning business, I don't know about y'all, but I would love to get a gift certificate for some free cleaning for Christmas, okay? <laughs> so if you have a service, please, you know, feel free to register to come out. Be creative. This is an opportunity for you to also network, network with other businesses as well. So we hope to see you on Saturday the 26th. If you have any questions, please email ivycommunityoutreach at gmail.com. Thank you. So, you know, Miss, you know, Yolanda is so eloquent in speech. So, you know, I got to, I'm not as eloquent. So this is an opportunity for us to start supporting our own. Too many times we give our dollars away outside of our community. What we want to start doing is supporting the small businesses that are inside of our church, as you heard her say and then branch out to those in the community. So on that Saturday, because you know the day after Thanksgiving is Black Friday, and then set that Saturday is Small Business Saturday. So what we want to do, imagine coming back in here, and there are 30 to 40 small businesses that are set up. And, and you can come in, and to you, the one that's coming in, it's free of charge for us to come in from 11 to 2, walk around, see what small businesses are here, and if they are worthy of your investment, you support them. So instead of us always going to Walmart and Target to the big chains, because the big chains are going to be fine, 
why don't we begin to learn how to support our own and take care of our small businesses? So that's going to be on the 26th from 11 to 2. So again, if you are a small business and you heard Yolanda say, you got to be legit small business. That means you have papers. You pay taxes. You, you legit small business. And you want to be a part of this event, you can see Yolanda or the information's up on the website. We want to get as many small businesses as we can. And we need y'all to come out on that Saturday. And let's show our support for them. It's a win-win for everybody. The dollar stays in our community. Our small businesses begin to thrive. And we get a product or a good or a service that can be beneficial to us. So again, that's on the 26th. If y'all got it, somebody say amen. All right, let's all stand, please. Let's go ahead and get into this word today. First uh, Corinthians chapter 12. We're starting at verse number 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 4 through 11. I'm reading from the New International Version. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. Different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still, and to still another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. We're good right there. You may be seated. Well, the gospel of James Brown is back. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, get up off of that thing. Father, if you would now please let the words of my mouth and even the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, God, you are my strength and my redeemer. Let all of God's people say, amen. So, it is important for us to realize, and Bill, I'm going to start at slide two, not slide one. I'm going to start at slide two. Uh, it is important for us to realize that um, when we're walking with God, there is spirit realm, and then there's earthly or physical realm. We are born and we are conditioned to operate and to function in the physical realm through our senses, what we see, what we taste, what we touch, what we smell, what we hear. That is what helps us to navigate in the earthly, physical realm. But when you are walking with God and you have given your life to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord does not necessarily want you to just operate in the physical realm. He also wants you to operate in the spiritual realm. And this is the understanding that we have to have when we come to know Christ. It is in the spirit realm where it's our senses that don't always apply. So it is not always what we see or touch or taste in the spirit realm. Because in the spirit realm, God operates differently. Watch this. This is why Paul said, for those of us who walk with God, we walk by what? Faith. Faith. And not by what? Which means then if we are operating in spirit realm, we cannot operate on what we see. 
We operate in faith, what we know to be true. So there are two different realms at work, and for the believer, we are called to operate in spirit realm. That spirit realm then helps us to navigate the earthly realm. But we are not called to just operate in earthly realm as a believer because that's what unbelievers do. We are called to understand how God is working on us in spirit realm. Why am I bringing this up? Because this is what spiritual gifts are. Spiritual gifts given to us by the Holy Spirit so we can learn how to operate them in spirit realm that then translates over into earthly realm. So as a review, a spiritual gift is a grace gift. It literally means that God had enough grace on us that not only after he saved us, but he also gave us an ability, a spirit realm ability to do something that's going to help build up the kingdom of God. So that means you have, if you are a true believer, y'all, you have at least one of these that God has given to you. You have one spirit ability that God has put inside of you. The Holy Spirit has determined that you have at least one, if not more than one, that you should be operating in spirit realm ability to help you to build up other believers and ultimately build up the church. That's why you have it. God gave it to you out of his grace. So not only did he save you out of his grace, but then he gave you a gift out of his grace. And the word for spiritual gift is called charisma. Every last one of you, if you are saved, have at least one charisma. And we know that in the English language, charisma means your ability to draw people. So you have this ability to connect with people because you have something in the spirit realm that needs to be worked on that can then be transferred into the earthly realm, all for the glory of God. Now, as I said to you before, there is fruit and then there are gifts. The fruit of the spirit are qualities that every believer should work on. This is not gifts. This is not abilities. These are qualities. So no matter what gift you have, you, we should all also be operating in the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. There are nine fruit that we should be operating in regardless of the gift, and the fruit comes first. Now, if you understand that, next slide, please, Bill. You will know then that these are the gifts that we have covered so far. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 8 to 10, there are nine spiritual gifts that Paul lists. We have covered six so far. We're going to do the last three today. So the first one is the message of wisdom. This means you have the spirit ability to apply what the word of God says. There are a lot of people who just read it, but they don't know how to translate it into their life. You have the ability to do that. And you can help other people to know how to walk out their faith. Y'all remember last year, our theme was walking like you're talking. That means you have that ability to help somebody else to know how to walk this thing out called Christianity so that others can learn to also know how to apply the word to their life. That's your ability. The second one is the message of knowledge. And the message of knowledge is you have the unique spirit realm ability 
to understand and have greater insight into Scripture. So in other words, you don't just read it like other people read it, but God has given you a unique ability to have a level of understanding and insight into the Scriptures that maybe not everybody else has. And then you're able to communicate that insight, that deeper level of understanding to other people. The next one that we get into is uh, faith. And we all know that all of us have faith. So we have a saving faith. There was a faith that saved you. Then there's a faith that we operate in on a daily basis. I'm just trusting God. But that's not the faith that's a gift. The gift of faith is the unique spirit realm ability to trust God no matter what, no matter the circumstance, no matter how crazy it looks, no matter how bad it seems, you still have the ability to say, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt, God going to do it. It ain't no doubt in my mind that no matter how crazy it is, I am confident that my God is going to make a way out of no way and he's going to supply every need. Now, let me help y'all because not everybody has this level of faith. You got enough faith to save you. You got enough faith to trust you with a bill. But this ain't the faith that we're talking about here. This gift of faith is what Jesus said. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you can say to that mountain, it's got to go. And the mountain will be moved into the sea and nothing shall be impossible to you. That's the kind of faith that this gift offers you where you can literally look at the mountains of your life and you ain't scared. You look at that mountain and say, I ain't even worried about you because my God is bigger than this mountain. And I'm just simply saying that everybody has that measure of faith. That's a gift that some of you may have. Healing is the next gift. And healing is when you want to see people be well. Now, I got to point out that in church, most of the time when we talk about healing, it's mostly physical healing. You bring somebody up, you touch them, and all of a sudden they're miraculously healed physically. Study the scriptures, you'll understand. Jesus, before he healed anybody physically, he first healed them spiritually. That's why he often said uh, to the man who, had to, who was paralyzed, right, and they dropped him in the, in the house. Remember, he had four boys. They dropped him in the house. Before he healed him physically, the first thing he said is, uh, your sins are forgiven. In other words, healing for the Lord always is spiritual first, not physical. Because again, in spirit realm, doesn't operate like earthly realm. And because we walk by faith and not by sight, he wants the healing to be spiritual first. And it's not always physical either. Sometimes there's a mental healing that needs to happen. Sometimes there's an emotional healing that needs to happen. So healing comes in different forms. And God uses you to be an agent to help make somebody else be well. Physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, whatever the case might be. Then we get into the next one, which is miracles. And miracles is something that happens. The word miracle here in, in the original language is workings of powers. It literally means that um, there's something that just took place that leaves us 
in awe. And that the only thing that we can conclude after we saw it was that it had to have been God that did this thing. It won't me. It won't my education. It won't my background. What I just saw, the only thing I can tell you is that that had to have been God because it leaves us in awe of what he has done. And I told you all this. I believe that the greatest miracle in the Bible is not Jesus raising somebody from the dead. I believe the greatest miracle in the Bible, this is me, is salvation. Because God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to die for our sometimey, fickled, inconsistent, inconsiderate kinds of selves. That he loves us enough that he spared no expense to deal with people who are sometimey. We don't do that. But God did it. I feel a praise right about here. This is the miracle that God is offering. That his love for us is beyond imagination. And his love for us is so great that even when we are sometimey, even when we are inconsiderate, even when we are inconsistent, he still loves us through all of that. Still sent Jesus to die. Still gives us a grace gift still gives us new life and new opportunity when we don't deserve it. That ain't nothing but a miracle. Because we ain't deserve none of it. All right, so I've covered the first six. Y'all ready for the last three? Somebody say, let's go. So the next one is uh, in verse 10. It says in the New International Version, it is, it is the distinguishing of the spirits. Distinguishing of the spirits, but what we commonly know that to be is the gift of discernment. The gift of discernment. Greek word is diacrisis. What it means is this person's gift has the ability to evaluate somebody. Lord have mercy. You have the ability, guess what, to read people. To determine whether they really are truly sincere or whether they are fake. If you got the gift of discernment, you ain't impressed by somebody's clothes. You ain't impressed about how they talk. You ain't impressed by how they look when they take the mic. Because you're going straight to the heart. Because you're able to discern Lord, whether somebody is sincere in the things of God. You see, here's what people of discernment know. Not everybody in the church is really for God. There are a lot of people that's here, but they ain't here necessarily for God. And so when you come in contact with somebody that's got the gift of discernment, you get real quick. Mm -mm. That one right there. Mm -mm. You know how the saints do. Mm -mm, mm -mm. No, Lord, child. I know they got the mic, but they ain't got no spirit within them. 
And you need people in the church that's got the gift of discernment. Because you got too many people that want to take the mic, that want to be seen, that want to do things, ain't got no God in them, ain't got no spirit in them. The Bible says there's false teaching and false prophets all over the place. So you need somebody that know how to read somebody. And tell us the truth. Uh, now let me tell y'all something a little bit about my boo here real quick. Lady Swan, y'all, 100% got the gift of discernment. Ain't that right, babe? You can make it fool some other people. You ain't fooling Lady Swan. She got that gift. Matter of fact, turn to your Bibles, 1 John chapter 4. Bill, can you put that on the screen? 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 1. Um, this, this gift uh, helps a lot of people from going sideways. Because too many people trust people too much. I don't want you trusting me. I want you to trust the word. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirit. The word test here means examine it for its sincerity. Examine it for its genuineness. To see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Don't just assume that because somebody knows how to say, Lord, have mercy, they say. Don't get caught up in the fact that they come every Sunday. Don't be doing backflips because they're in a ministry. The Bible says, test that spirit. Examine that thing to see whether it comes from God. Now, I, I, got to, I got to just put this polite plug in. If you ain't walking in the spirit, then you can't test nobody else's. Don't you dare come up in here and say that person ain't got no spirit and you ain't been here. You can only test the spirit if you work in your own. That's how you discern the difference when you see God working in you. When you see the spirit at work in you and your gift and then you can look at others and then say, mm, that don't look too good. So that's discernment, diocracies. It is the ability to evaluate, to test to examine whether somebody is of God or not. You look like you're on the team, but you really ain't. You ain't got the jersey on. You bandwagon. And the truth of the matter is, there are a lot of people in church that really ain't on the team.
All right, now I'm going to get to the last one because these two go together and I want to spend a little time teaching on this one. Because arguably when it comes to spiritual gifts, these, this gift here is the one oftentimes people think of first. If it doesn't come to miracles and signs and wonders, it's this gift right here. Speaking in tongues. The word tongue in this particular text is glossa. And it means a language, a dialect, or speech. Now, at the first mention of tongues being spoken in the Bible, happened in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. And in Acts chapter 2, the Bible tells us clear as day that the 120 who were filled with the Spirit at that time did not speak in an unintelligible language. It tells us clear as day in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 8 that they all spoke in a known language. So here's what happened on the day of Pentecost. They were filled with the Spirit. Other people were around them who were from other parts of the world. And they were watching, trying to figure out what the disciples were doing. What amazed them was the fact that the Bible says in Acts 2 that they heard the disciples being able to speak the wonderful things of God in their own language. So imagine this. Imagine we're in a room. And you got people in here from France and China and Russia and all parts of the world. And supernaturally, the spirit comes upon us and all of a sudden, we're able to speak French. Or Chinese. Or Russian. We're able to speak it fluently. The wonderful things of God. This is what caught those who were seeing them speak in tongues for the first time because they could not understand how are you speaking in my language? Y'all must be drunk. That's what the Bible says. And Peter got up and said, no, we ain't drunk. It's nine in the morning. Now, I can't tell you if it was 12 what I'd be, but it's nine in the morning. He said, no, we're not drunk. He said, it's the Holy Spirit that has given us this ability. Y'all read it for yourself, Acts 2. So the first mention of speaking in tongues was in, in a moment where it was a supernatural event that caused them to speak in a known language. However, there are some who speak in what is known to be a prayer language. And sometimes in this prayer language, it is a language that is not always understand, understandable to people that are in the room. It is a personal language that is being spoken. So you have known languages, and then you have personal utterances that are spoken in a relationship that exists between that person and God. Now, let me put this on the table because, you know, there's some denominations that teach us all different ways. 
Spirit, speaking in tongues is a gift. The Bible teaches that the Holy Spirit gives each one the gift. So if you have it, you have it because the Spirit gave it to you. If you don't have it, don't try to speak it. Because the Spirit didn't give it to you. I have not personally ever spoken in tongues. But that doesn't mean I don't respect the fact that God could at some point use me to do it or use you to do it. But I have not. I'm bringing this up because sometimes in church there can be some confusion over speaking in tongues, what it means. So again, I'm going to say to you, the first instance of speaking in tongues in the Bible were known languages. Then there are also utterances that are not always understandable. Y'all got that? Now, let me be clear here when we're talking about speaking in tongues. I got to be real clear here. Y'all ready for this? Ebonics and pig Latin don't count. Child Bashishe, that, that don't count. That is a tongue, but that ain't the tongue that God gave you. I'm just going to tell you. Now, the Bible also tells us, though, here's where it gets good, y'all. That there is a gift of speaking in tongue, and then there is a gift of interpretation. That's the last gift that Paul mentions in verse 10. Ermanea interpretation of tongue it means you have the spiritual realm gift of translating what somebody is saying you hear it in the spirit realm you translate it you communicate it so that it can be understood now whether you speak in a known language or whether you speak in an utterance, God is clear in the word. There must be order in how it's done. And because there hasn't been order in how it's done, that's why we get all types of confusion when somebody is speaking in tongue because there needs to be a way that it is done. So, we're going to have a five-minute Bible study. And I'm going to show you in the word how and when tongues ought to be spoken. Turn in your Bible to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Chapter 14. All right. So, verse 1, 
Verse number six is where I want to start. Verse number six in 1 Corinthians 16 tells us plainly when it comes to speaking in tongues. Now, brothers and sisters, if I come to you and speak in tongues, what good will I be to you unless I bring you some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or word of instruction? If you have the gift to speak and you ain't helping me, that's what Paul is saying. If you're speaking it and you're not giving me any knowledge, any instruction, any help, you ain't helping to build me up in the things of God, then that is about you. Sit down. So first and foremost, it should always be done in a manner that helps either the person you're speaking to or somebody in the room, a group of people, or the body. Are we clear? Because this is what it says in verse number six. What good is it unless I bring you a revelation, a knowledge, or prophecy, or word of instruction? So if you don't have any of those things when you are led to speak, stay quiet. Let's go to verse number nine, please. Verses nine to 13. So it is with you. This is the ones who have the utterances, because we already said that speaking in tongue is a known language. These are the ones that have the utterances. So it is with you, unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you're talking about? Who are you trying to impress? You're so spiritual, we can't understand you. It says right here in verse 9, you will be just speaking into the air. Isn't that what it say? Undoubtedly, there are all sorts of languages in the world, yet none of them is without meaning. If then I do not grasp the meaning of what someone is saying, then I am a foreigner to the speaker, and the speaker is a foreigner to me. If you're talking in Chinese and I don't know Chinese, what good is it? We can't communicate. Isn't the purpose of a language is so that we can communicate? So that I can understand what you're saying and you can understand what I'm saying. But why then do we have so many people speaking in tongues and, and only the person in the room that's speaking, they're the only ones that know what's being said? That ain't Bible. Verse 12, so it is with you. Since you are eager for the gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church. For this reason, the one who speaks in a tongue should pray that they may interpret what they say. In other words, if you're going to have the gift, if you can't interpret on your own what you're saying, and ain't nobody else in the room that's co-signing with you. You're creating confusion. That's what you're doing. 
And this is what Paul is addressing because he's writing to a church that is spiritually immature. He addressed this earlier on in 1 Corinthians. All y'all want to speak in tongues because y'all want to prove how spiritually mature you are. But what you're really doing is creating confusion. So here's how it's got to be. If you're going to speak in a tongue or even an utterance, it should be able to lift me up, give me some knowledge, some prophecy, some instruction, something that's going to benefit the body. And if you're speaking in a language and you can't interpret what you're saying, and ain't nobody else in the room that can interpret what you're saying, it's a problem. So this means it is not just then that you know how to speak in a tongue, but watch this, you got to know when. And how. Because you do not have the license to just go off in a tongue because God said, in all things, let it be done decently and in order. I think y'all know the word here. I'm proud of y'all. <laughs> Last section, verses 26 to 28. Matter of fact, um, yeah. Yeah, I wish I could give y'all all of this. I want y'all to read this whole chapter because it gives a lot. I don't have time to do it in the sermon, but... I'm giving y'all the nuts, nuts and bolts about this. So here it is, verse 26 to 28. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? When you come together, each of you has a hymn or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Everything, somebody say everything, everything. must be done so that the church, who is the church? Us may be built up, may be encouraged, may be strengthened, may be helped in the things of God. Everything. So we sing to build each other up. We pray to build each other up. We preach to build each other up. And the tongue should also exist to build each other up. Verse 27, if anyone speaks in a tongue, Two or at the most three should speak. One at a time. You got one person over here singing Hamalama Shumalama. Supersonic. <laughs> you got somebody else over here doing Shondo and all that kind of stuff. And let me be clear here, I'm not mocking the gift, but I'm telling us the problem is not the gift. The problem is we're not doing it in order, which causes confusion. If anyone speaks in a tongue, two or three at the most should speak. That means only two or three at the whole time, but one at a time, no more than three. And... Someone must interpret. You know what it say? Verse 27. Verse 28, y'all. If there is no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church. And talk to himself. And God. Don't trust me, y'all. That's the word. 
So are we clear now on gifts? So here it is again. Speaking in tongue, tongue is glossa. It is a language or a dialect of speech. There is an interpreter, Hermeneia. Their job is to translate. The Bible is clear. When you speak in a tongue, it should be to edify, to build up, to encourage the body. It should also be with an interpreter. If you can't interpret and nobody else can interpret, you need to be quiet. So then that means that the gift is conditional upon the room. And this is what God is saying to us, and I'm almost done. Just because you have a gift, you also have to know when to exercise it. When to use it, when not to. And by the way, isn't that what discernment is too? Just because I can doesn't mean I should. I need discernment, Lord, to show me is this the right space and time and opportunity for me to exercise my gift? So those are nine. We have about 10, 11 more to go. Goal is to finish them up in November. Let me remind you, all of you have at least one of these. And they're to be used to build up the church. If there's no building up of the church, no matter what gift you have, the gift is not operating according to its intended purpose. The gift is to help all of us be better in the spirit realm, not the earthly realm. Teach me how to grow in God by what you have. That's how you know the gift is working. Somebody say amen. All right, I'm done. Reverend Percy, what's up, man? So, good morning, fam. How's everybody today? Hey, y'all know y'all spiritual gifts now, right? So, if I start saying, speaking in something, y'all know I'm crazy, right? Okay. Hey, no, but hey, uh, last week, you know, uh, uh, we talked about in ministry uh, congregational care and uh, I know Deacon Flo told me she had a couple people to stress interest, so we thank God for that. People are joining, so we praise God for that. Come on up, Devon. And, you know, I want to shout out, too, because I had a conversation with uh, Lady Swan this week about uh, family ministry. And I know that uh, we have for some time... Uh, you, you can sit down, man. You, you ain't that tall. <laughs> <laughs> I got to get it when I can. <laughs> No, that's my brother. See, we can love, we do that love, right? Okay, don't get me afterwards. No, but uh, I want to shout out uh, to the family ministry because talking with Lady Swan, and we have been trying to get our senior ministry uh, back going and singles ministry, and she told me that, you know, she had a few people that stressed interest in leading those areas, so I know she's going to be meeting with them. So uh, I just want to say thank you for those of you all who are, who are stepping up and who are saying that, hey, you know, God is speaking to your heart and, and he is calling you into ministry. So, and as pastor and latest one in the church recognize our seniors, I just personally want to say to you all that you are very important to us. Uh, I'm getting close there. I ain't there yet, but uh, y'all are very important to us. And uh, 
do want to make mention that it was made to me that uh, Sister Irma Outlaw, who was uh, one of our oldest members, uh, 92 years old, uh, she wasn't able to be here last week, but we do definitely want to recognize her as well. Amen? Amen. But today, we have our Minister of Music here who's going to share with us a little bit. We know we have a lot of people talking about how can they get involved with the music ministry. You know, that's from our little Beams of Hopes to praising band, the choir. So, Brother Vaughn, yes, share sir. with us, uh, tell people about the ministry and how they can get connected. Music at Ivy, if you're interested in uh, joining us, you can contact me, Devon D. Jefferson at IvyBaptistChurch.org. Do I have to give my phone number? No. You don't. I don't my phone number. Okay. All right. Just people be calling after 11. I can't. I'll be trying to get some sleep. Um, but yeah, you can contact me. That's my phone number right there. Don't y'all call me after 11. Y'all see on the book. Um, you can contact me. You can contact Sister Tawanda Fox. Um, music at IvyBaptistChurch.org. Um, the process is you will have a conversation with me. Then um, we'll figure out schedule which one will fix you the best and then we'll go from there amen so uh you all rehearse uh on tuesdays and thursdays yeah tuesdays and thursdays six to eight amen so look if you if you feel god is calling you to that area as devon said it's a conversation first you're not going to jump up there and grab the mic and start singing or playing your your instrument but uh, if God has given you, we do want you to be a part of that ministry. We want you to uh, share, and um, we just believe in God that he'll take our ministry to, to another level. Hats off to what Devon and the band and the praise team and the choir are doing. We thank God for the gift for them. Amen? Amen. Amen. So uh, pastors did a great teaching on, on spiritual gifts. Uh, amen. Amen. And this is all a part of us getting connected, um, getting not just connected to Ivy, but as I shared earlier before service to, to those of us who are served, I believe that it's not just a gift, but every believer has a calling on their life. And your calling may not look like mine, but it's calling to build up the kingdom. So this is where God has told me, if I don't take my calling serious and make myself worthy to exercise my calling, I'm hindering the body. But if I keep my calling to myself and never use it for the body of Christ, I'm like the man that planted a seed in the ground. And when, God, when the, uh, uh, the uh, husband came back, he was given back the seed. And you know what God did? He took that one seed gave it to others who will help develop it for the kingdom and told that person to depart from him. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to hear the Lord say, well done. I don't want him to say depart. So whatever gift God has given you, get up off that thing. Back at you, Pastor. Get up off of that thing. Hey, oh, I'm sorry. Y'all give Reverend Person and Devon a big clap off in the praise. We thank God for them. So, let's all stand, please. If you are watching online or if you're in person, you want to give your life to Christ or join our church, you can text the at sign online, join Ivy, send that to 81010, or drop it in the chat. I want to give my life to Christ, I want to join Ivy online, you can do that. 
will be standing by right now. In the house, let's wave to our online folks. Goodbye, y'all. Love y'all. Have a great day. For those in the building that want to give their life to Christ.